please welcome your host, me, Alex Hello, gang. We all right? Oh, that's good to hear. It's 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 very hot indeed. Uh, I'm a hot man. Uh, I, I I ran here, which was uh, my fault, but I I felt like an insane because in this kind of heat, people if you're exercise exercise becomes detrimental when it's this hot. Like it it stops becoming good for you. I, if I usually if I saw somebody running in this heat, I, I'd call the police. Like. <laughs> It's just offensive to me that that it's a hate crime. Uh, uh, yeah, no, I I did it because I was late, but um, also why I'm wearing shorts. Um, it, it's one of the first rules of stand up that you're not supposed to wear shorts on stage. Um, first one is first one is also to be funny, uh, but how's it going? Uh, no, it's, it, thanks so much for coming down. I know we're competing with a World Cup. Uh, B, uh, the weather, C, all fun that's been had. Um, but, but, Dan, you're right, what have you been up to? Oh, like, I've just been sweltering. Sorry? Sweltering. Sweltering. Yeah, that's, that's, that's fun. Walking. Working. Working. Oh, what, 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 what are you doing? Like, uh, usually with crowd work, <laughs> yeah. you, you, usually with crowd work, you pretend, like, you, you grab somebody who you don't know, uh, from the front row. I'm, I'm, I'm struggling in this section. Um, <laughs> And I'm struggling here particularly. Uh, so I'll t- Dan, what's, been, what's Dan been up to? Um, where are you working at the moment, Dan? Oh, HSBC. HSBC. Oh, the World's Bank. Uh, <laughs> what a step above the high street. Um, yeah. <laughs> what, what, what do you do? That, what do you do there? You. Uh... Oh, I calculate people's insurance. Oh, what flavour of insurance? What, what's the weirdest insurance? Uh, the, the weirdest insurance. Yeah. Oh. Uh, <laughs> life insurance, because life insurance. But, but, but you don't get any of those weird ones. You know, when you hear like David Beckham's insured, uh, like his right foot for three billion zillion pounds. Uh, you, you, you don't do that. Any of those fun ones? Is that is that is that entry level? And then by the time you get up to the top, is that like uh, Kim Kardashian's tits? Like, is that? <laughs> you have to climb the ladder. Oh, fair play. That's interesting, man. Um, it, Fair, yeah. Um, what have I got? I ripped my page before I came out. It's got it's got the axe on. It's also got the word "it's hot." Um, that's all I got. And that, that that that's my conversation starter at the moment. Is just the like you could be the most interesting man in the world, but you can still be like taken aback. But you, you can still be like undermined by a, a surprisingly hot room, like. Like, I, I don't care who you are. Like, if you're talking to somebody, like a group of people such as this, and the temperature is like a couple of centigrade above what people are expecting, you're not the main focus of that room. Uh, <laughs> I reckon Nelson Mandela could be sort of chatting to someone, and, uh, and but if somebody, but if somebody goes, you know what? I it's a bit hard here. <laughs> and Nelson was like, yeah, people would be like, oh, thank God, I was going to say, I, uh, I'm going to take my jumper off. I don't know why I wore it. I don't know why. Uh, that's that's also fun. World Cup's on. Don't know if you don't know if you realised. Uh, it's coming home. It's coming home. Uh, I like how quick that transformation was as well. Uh, like usually we are so um, <laughs> we're so, we're so pessimistic about England, and it's taken. I reckon it took about 12 hours. Uh, <laughs> 
for us to so totally U-turn <laughs> and go, this is our year. And, and it's fantastic. I love it. But everything seems to be going our way. We've won our first two games. Like, Germany's just been knocked out today. Like, I, I don't know how it could go more our way unless, like, FIFA released a statement being like, guys, guys, you know what? Penalties. We got rid of them. Uh, you know what? We just decided, way, you know, and, you know, anyone with any team with criminal convictions gets extra points. Like, that's... Uh, <laughs> That's the best we can hope for. Um, we've got a really fun lineup uh, for you tonight to reward you for coming in this heat. So, uh, so Dan, can I get you to lead the applause tonight? Would that, is that, does that work for you? Oh, awesome. All right. So when I, when I point at Dan, he's going to give an example round of applause. So if it, like this. See? Smashing. Oh, wait, wait, he's, he's not going to stop. Uh, <laughs> uh, but, but this is the advantage of doing crowd work with people you already know, because I know Dan's absolutely sorted. So... Um, so I'll point it down, I'm going to bring it round, and you're going to go one crazy for Eliza Fraser, okay? So if I point it down, and then please welcome to the stage, Miss Eliza Fraser! Hello, everyone. Oh, that was good. It was like, are oh, they going to speak? And then you ordered it at once. It was amazing. Um, I'm Eliza. It's nice to be here. So... Um, I have some new stuff. Uh, basically, something happened yesterday where I was walking down the streets and I had my headphones in and two blokes walked past me, right? Uh, and even though I was listening to something, I heard one of them go, look at that. And I'll be honest, I did immediately think, oh, what? Um, <laughs> oh, exciting. Um, but it's an interesting one because I'm, I'm turning, well, okay, I'm a summer baby. In two weeks' time, I turn 29, right? 29. 29. That means I've got one year left. <laughs> one year left, guys. Um, but it's a win because I, I turned 21, 29. I'm a summer, summer baby, right? Middle of July. Um, and I love the summer. I absolutely love the summer. But it's the kind of like, you guys, it's an amazing summer. This week has been absolutely incredible. But it's interesting when the sun comes out because as a girl, you're like, oh, okay, guys, this is the time to be beach body ready. Beach body ready, guys. Are you beach body? Are you feeling beach body ready? Are you beach body ready, guys? Are you beach body? No. <laughs> uh, to be fair, I feel like I am beach body ready at any point of the year, right? It doesn't need to be summer. Like I, I'm on a beach. I have a body. <laughs> I just got to bury it first, then ready for ice cream. <laughs> it doesn't matter, right? And also, you, have you got your bikini body? I don't know what a bikini body is, other than split in two halves with a multitude of optional colours, like. <laughs> Didn't expect that to work. You guys are lovely. Um, but it's, it's weird for me, right? So it's not because of the beach, the size thing. It's not about everything. I, I wear bikinis because you know what? It's hot sometimes. And part of the thing about, for me, that's a bit different is I have a lot of scars on my body, right? I have scars that run right down the middle of my chest. So bikinis for me, I don't really mind, but it is interesting because people will turn around and go, oh, look at that. And I don't know what they're talking about. Normally, it's this. The scars run all the way down here. I've got them around my stomach. Uh, and this is because uh, I've had open heart surgery not once, not thrice, tw two times I've had two open heart surgeries. <laughs> <laughs> you were like, oh, be seven. <laughs> Just a miracle. Um, I've had it twice, right? Uh, and I don't normally talk about it on stage. It's a new thing I'm trying to do. Um, and I don't, before I do start, I don't want any sympathy, guys. I don't want you to be like, oh, isn't she pleasure? Isn't she special? She made it. Oh, I don't want you to cry either. 
Someone has cried at me as I described heart surgery once. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? They were like, you're so brave. And I was like, it's braver to sit here with you. Shut the fuck up. Um, also, I don't need your sympathy, guys, because spoiler alert, my consultant got struck off, so it's fine. <laughs> I'm still here. Uh, so the first time that I had heart surgery was when I was born. I was four days old, right? I had open heart surgery at four days old because when I was born, my heart didn't form properly. So what I was doing was I was inhaling carbon dioxide and exhaling oxygen. So st- like, essentially, I was born as a tree, right? <laughs> and I mean, I've come a long way, but my hair's still not caught up. It's a bit bushy, right? Um, and for the first six months of my life, I was in the hospital. I don't know how my parents did it. I think the bravest people in this was my parents, right? But over the first six months of my life, I achieved blood poisoning, kidney failure. I went cold turkey off the morphine for a while because one of the nurses forgot to turn it back on again. <laughs> and I don't know about you guys. I feel I've peaked because I don't know what you were doing for the first six months of your life. But I adopted and then kicked a heroin addiction. So... <laughs> Yeah, the weird one about blood poisoning, though, is that my dad spotted this. My dad was working away. He came back at the end of the day and was like, there's something wrong with our child. And my mum was like, yes, it's attached to a monitor. What the fuck do you think, right? And he was like, no, there's something genuinely wrong with our baby. She's gone wrong. She, she, it's got worse. And so he called the doctor in, and the doctor was like, oh, well, we did the test. And, and yeah, it's, it's septicemia, right? And if you hadn't caught it within the next couple of hours, she's fucked more than she was. Uh, and I'll be honest with you, I went through a bit of a teenage, as we all do, I went through a bit of a teenage angsty moment. And it really cuts the pro- like fighting with your dad when you're like he saved my life what the fuck I've got nothing I've got nothing against him <laughs> I cannot win this um but is it so the second time that was the first time I had heart surgery and uh the second time was when basically I told the greatest lie in the world guys and uh and it backfired um but when I was doing my A-levels I was incredibly lazy and so I didn't really do a lot of the homework and when I hadn't done the homework I would feign heart palpitations right <laughs> I'd, yeah <laughs> I had, I, I was six months behind at start. I'm going to rinse this for all it's got, right? And I spent all of my, like, whenever I hadn't done the homework, I'd sit in the common room and be like, oh, my heart palpitates. I can't move. Oh, it really hurts. And I don't want to say that I'm in line for an Oscar, guys, but uh, I did so well I convinced myself. Uh, and my 17th birthday was spent having open heart surgery again. Um, like, give me, a, I, I, give me an excuse to have an excuse, and I will run fucking miles with it. Like, to the cardiac unit where I will spend a week playing uh, Crash Bandicoot and watching The Vicar of Dibley on repeat. It was the best week of my life, guys. <laughs> so much fun. But it's an interesting one because at 17, they, did, they reopened the scar, right? They neatened up my scar. But as ob- obviously it would do when you have surgery, the scar is higher, it's more obvious, it's more pronounced. I've always had my scar. I've never had a problem with it. It's just been there, right? Uh, but at 17, it was bigger, it was redder, it was more obvious. And at 17, I'd gone to a new school. It was quite hard. But... There's always a positive. I developed a game when I was 17, which was called Tits or Scar. (laughs) Now, what it was is that I could tell immediately from like miles away on the street whether someone was staring at my chest, as in my breasts, or the big gash down the middle of it, right? And it was the best, although I did lose once, and I didn't realise I could lose my own game because I was shopping with a friend of mine, right? And he ran across from the other side of the shop and was like, oh, my God, I thought you had really good cleavage, but I forgot it's your scar. (laughs) I mean, that's, and the kicker of this one, guys, I've been sleeping with him for a week by this point. (laughs) 
And six months, he paid no attention, guys. It was so painful. But it's, it's the fun game as well that I get to play in hospitals now is whenever I go for a checkup. When they fixed me up when I was a baby, I was, four, as I say, four days old. They did the surgery. Um, and I was so bruised, they couldn't close me up properly, right? So when my parents came in after the surgery, they were like, okay, well, we, she's managed it. But she's not really closed up. And my parents were like, oh, my God, there's going to be a beating heart. Pumping blood is going to be fucking horrific. And they'd done a beautiful job of just putting a pad over it and being like, it's fine. She's pretending it's fine. Um, but it means that one, one side of my chest is slightly higher than the other. So whenever they go to look for my heart, like they go for a, a whatever those things are, that your pregnancy, things where you can see your heart. I don't know. It's good. I know the technical terms now. I've done this so much, guys. It's just irrelevant. Um, but they can't find my heart. And I always get the the junior doctor, the training doctor come in to do it, right? Because it should be an easy one, which is absolutely fine. Uh, And every time I have to open with, look, you will not find it. (laughs) I promise it's there, but it's just not obvious, right? And they're like, I got this, Eliza, I got this, I got this. And you're like, okay, fine. After about five minutes, they're like, are you sure it's not on the other side of your body? (laughs) Or the really fun one, are you sure you've got one at all? Like, Absolutely nine times out of ten, it will end with him being like, I'm just going to go get the consultant. Okay. And it ends with at least at least five doctors. Where I, Oh, by the way, it starts with, his, keep your bra on. Maybe just put paper over the top so we, so we can have a fear on, but we're not going to see your breast. It, it ends with five grown, generally men, <laughs> bra off, sheet off when I'm there lying bare-chested, being like, I swear to God, guys, it's there. Like... <laughs> Yeah, that hasn't got a punchline, guys. That's just my life. Good. <laughs> so when this when I, when these guys walked past me yesterday and went, oh look at that, I was like, oh fuck, they've noticed the scar again, but it's gone down, right? And it's a weird thing, like, um, look at that. And I thought that's really interesting. After a while, I then was like, oh, they're talking about me, <laughs> me. Uh, and this end isn't a punchline, guys. It's just me getting runty. <laughs> oh, it's gonna be fun. Basically, I was like, well, what do you mean by look at that? Look at that. Look at that. That has gone through open heart surgery twice. That has done blood poisoning. That has done kidney failure. What has this done that's very exciting? <laughs> See, not not a punchline to end on, guys, but you've been so... Jo- oh, I'm going to tell you. I don't know if this is a joke or not, but I'm going to throw it in. Basically, the second time I had to have a heart surgery, right, the palpitations was because uh, part of my artery was closing in on itself. They had to cut that out. And my valve within my heart was leaking, so they replaced it with a pig valve, which, is, which basically means I'm closer to being bacon than anything else. <laughs> or spit-roasted. Oh, we're ending it there. We're ending it on that one. You guys have been really lovely. I've been Eliza. Thanks. Eliza Fraser, everybody. Let's keep that going. Keep that going. Keep that going for Katie Pritchett. Hello. Hiya. How are we doing? Um, tell you the truth, guys. Um, I'm, I'm a little bit nervous. Are you? Oh. <laughs> You're not. Well, well, guys, you bloody should be. The end of the world is coming. Oh, oh God, now I'm worried for you. Listen, now some of you are looking at me. Might know me. Oh, God, Kane, not all this again. You've done this before. The world did not end. I was worried. You got me in a fankle. Nothing. Um, but I know this one is true because I read it in the most reputable of sources, the Lad Bible. Um, now, uh, I'm no lad, 
But as far as I understand it, right, this absolute like legend, right, Matthew Jean-Marc Joseph Rodriguez, been reading this mint book about some other legend called like Jesus or something. He's done some quick maths, set a date for June 2018, no, June 2019, sorry, a bit worried. Um, and it's going to be mental, boys, 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 like angels descending from the sky, kind of mental. My God, it's like a Lynx advert. <laughs> but um, genuinely, I, I am quite worried about the end of the world, or, or I used to be, um, especially as a kid. Like, I used to be terrified of black holes, but only in the night time, because you can't see them. <laughs> and some part of my brain figured that if I could see a massive intergalactic swirling object coming towards me, I could get away. Not entirely sure how. Uh, I couldn't watch the film 2012 until 2013. <laughs> Um, but this, of course, is before I came to uni, realised there are real things to be worried about, like graduating and not graduating and olives. Oh, God. Olives. Don't even... Oh, good Lord. First of all, first of all, they literally taste like tears or sweat or maybe semen. It's like a grape had a really horrible one-night stand. Sorry, a bit grim. Um, and second of all, and this is the clincher, I'll get you at this. Uh, olives are responsible for the second biggest food conspiracy known to mankind. The first, um, as we all know, is the blueberry. Because, uh, let's be honest, who was expecting it to be green on the inside? Uh, the second, though, the second, anyone? Any takers? Uh, no? Uh, olive oil. Olive oil is not made from olives. Olive oil is just a setup by Richard Branson to get the name Virgin onto supermarket shelves. <laughs> olive oil is made from olives if fairy liquid is made from fairies, and I know that isn't true because even if they did exist, who would expect them to be green on the inside? <sighs> nah, I'm a, my family has started calling me a bit of a conspiracy theorist. Um, keep saying I'm making things up about olive oil. But uh, but they don't really understand because theory in in science uh, is is something that's kind of provably true. So like the theory of gravity or the the debatable theory of evolution or uh, my th- <laughs> or my theory that um, water is just really really diluted squash. <laughs> I mean, call me a skeptic, but you know. Uh, but the thing is, it's. I don't really, I don't really trust anything anymore. Because after all these revelations, the, the only thing I really trust um, is fortune tellers. Because they're the only people that, when they say, "Oh, hi, nice to meet you," they're telling the truth. Everyone else you meet, you don't know if I'm nice. You don't know if I'm a nice person. You read my tea leaves, you can tell me if I'm a nice person. Um, I also, the only people I will trust for um, advice on washing powder, fortune favours the bold guys, fortune favours the bold. Uh, thanks. <laughs> Too risky. Um, but no, I'm, I don't need a fortune teller to tell my fortune. Um, I know what my future holds. It's a lonely life being a conspiracy theorist. Um, and I know that when the end comes next year, um, I'm going to be sat alone in my bunker eating this last jar of olives, <laughs> weeping. But I, I find some consolation in the fact that I know 
crying into them won't ruin the taste. Uh, thanks very much, Evan, Katie Pritchett. Katie Pritchett. Now, for your final act of the third, go wild and go crazy for Mr. Alan Flynn. All right, guys, how you doing? Is this, does this work? Hello? Hello? Uh, yeah, I'm, uh, my name is Alan Flynn, and uh, yeah, I'm a bit nervous tonight. It's been one year since I've done comedy, so here I am. And, uh, you know, I was a bit nervous about coming out here today. And a guy at work, he said, listen, a wise guy at work, he said, listen, what you need to do is you need to treat the audience the same way as you treat a woman, you know? <laughs> but I, I hear things funny. And uh, I don't even know this, this work. I heard him say, what you, what you want to need to do is you need to make love to the audience the same way you make love to a woman. <laughs> I know. So that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to make love to the audience, you know? So I'm actually going to need a volunteer. Anybody's up for it? But uh, yeah, I mean, it's like, uh, you know, I have to. Today, now, tonight I'm coming, I'm going to have some fun here, you know? Have fun and connect with you guys or try to, you know, and get present. Get present and have fun. That's what my girlfriend says, but not fucking too much fun, you know? <laughs> and, and uh, you know, she is. Uh, I have uh, recently uh, got into a relationship with this woman, you know? And uh, it's been going for a year and a half now, my first ever real relationship. It's a long-distance relationship, and it, it works. You know, the best thing, uh, you know, uh, this, the best thing about this relationship is you've got plenty of space, you know, and being in this long-distance relationship is all good and well until she decides to move to Bristol. <laughs> yeah, I know, fear kicks in then, so it does, you know, and, and she's a cool woman. I mean, she's cool. She's a bit crazy, and she will tell me that she's crazy. She said at the beginning, listen, Al, I'm fucking crazy, all right? I just want to tell you that. You know, but somehow that bypassed my wiring, you know. And, and I didn't get present to that until I realised she's actually fucking crazy. <laughs> so, and, and it's all cool. She's got this dog who she's going to bring over with her. She's Italian, by the way. So she's moving over. And her dog, her name, his name is Otto. He's a really cool dude. Now, Otto is the Italian for it. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> who calls your dog it? <laughs> Like, so, you know, like, I, I, she told me twice to under, the, the meaning of it, and I, I still don't know what it is, you know. But imagine us over here, you know. And, you know, you, there's a girl, and she's got a lovely dog, and, you know, she, you're, on, you're dating this girl. And you say to her, oh, my God, your dog looks so clever. What's your dog's name? And she turns around and says, he is a clever dog. What's his name? His name is 16. <laughs> Wouldn't you think there's something not right here, you know? And, you know, she bought me a book. She bought me a book, and I can't believe she bought me this book. I actually brought it along with me tonight, you know. Before we move in together, she bought me this book. It says it's a New York's bestseller, six million copies sold, the magic, the life-changing magic of tidying up. <laughs> I swear to God. You know? And I, said, I tried reading. I said, listen, I don't relate to this book because, you know, I'm pretty clean. You know, I'm a clean guy. And she goes, you think so? We'll see. She goes, you know? But yeah, I think I love this woman, you know, and, and uh, you know, I'm starting to, you know, like, love is full of fear for me. I mean, the first time a woman's told me she loved me, okay? Can you remember the first time someone told you love her? You know, you're, you're emotionally involved and attached and all that stuff. You know, the first time a woman said to me, I think it was about 17, she goes, listen, Alan, something need to tell you, you know? And I should have told you this a long time ago, but I love you. I said, wow. I said, I turned around and said, 
but it's a fucking about time, Mum. You could have told me this. <laughs> you should have told me this when I was silly six. You know? But and the second time a woman told me she loved me, Elaine Henry was her name. And this, I was infatuated with this woman, you know? She says, listen, so, Saturday night, two o'clock in the morning, she turned around and says, Alan, I fucking love you. I'm like, yes, I love you too, you know? And then two days later, she broke it off with me. Without even telling me. I mean, she got her friends to come up and break it off with me, and I couldn't handle it. I went down to her house that night to find out how you can finish with me, because you love me. And in the condensation in the window, there's a big love heart, right? And it said, Elaine loves Alan forever. I thought, nice one, great. So when I was knocking on the door, two friends came out and says, go away, you know. And uh, she comes down and says, go away. And I said, listen, what about, what about the sign there, you know? And she says, go f- read it properly. And then I went and read it probably says, Elaine loves Alan McCarrick. My buddy. Me mate. I know. And she got pregnant. She got pregnant a week later. That was quick, wasn't it? <laughs> Which I'm okay about, you know, that's fine, you know, but it's like that that's so love for me is a touchy subject, you know. But I'm gonna finish on this where uh Oh my god, yeah, it was about learning Italian. I mean, me learning languages is so confusing and, and unfunny. I, I mean, <laughs> me learning Italian is like <laughs> trying to teach an English born five year old Chinese. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I've got a, I've got a, my, my story speaks to me in Russian. I got, I got, uh, you know, okay. You know, I spoke in a meeting one time for five whole minutes and a guy came up to me afterward and he asked me what part of France I'm from. <laughs> I'm going to leave that. Thanks, guys, all right? Alan Flynn. Yeah. Uh, I, I, and with that, uh, that's, that's the end of our first third. Um, go, we'll have a quick break, just 10 minutes, 15 minutes. Go, grab a drink. Come on back, and we got some fantastic acts. So give yourselves a hand, guys. You've done really well. We're back. We're back. We're, we're back for good. Uh, we'll, we'll have a good break. Well, hey. Well, hey. <laughs> From <laughs> one bloke had a very good break. Um, no, um, oh, Dan's not here. Oh, Lordy Lou, we can't go on. Where's Dan gone? Oh, he's, oh, he's, he's vaping. Classic, classic Dan. That's just what we can come to expect. No worries, man. <laughs> don't feel like you need to. Oh, I feel bad now. You, don't, don't, you, can, you can do whatever you want, man. You're, uh, you're our best guest. Um, you've been watching Love Island, Dan? You've been watching Love Island? No, I uh, don't think so. That's my second small talk uh, bar, how hot it is. I've been watching Love Island. Love Island makes me feel horrific about myself. Um, not morally, I should point out. Um, but just sort of physically, because I don't know if you've, uh, if anybody hasn't seen Love Island, basically what they do is they get the UK's just best shaggers and, and, and put them all in the villa and see what happens and then like spice it up and things are too boring. Like, and that makes me feel just, because I, I feel very inadequate with my regards. There's a bloke on there who, he, he, he's a guy called Adam. He slept with 200 women. I know. I, I, I know that's not good. But at the same time, like... <laughs> I, don't, I, I don't know, like, 200, that's... 
if I was to, he's, and also he's 22 and a half. I, I, I'm 21. It, so to, to match him in terms of when we slept with 200 people, I'd have to sleep with 200 people. <laughs> and I don't know how, I don't know how he manages it. Yeah. No, it's, 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 it's not quite that. It's too close. It's close. Um, but no, if I, but at the same rate, if I was, if that is the qualification to get into Love Island Villa, you have to sleep with 200 people. At my current rate, I've calculated this mathematically, I, I, I would be, I would be qualified to get into the villa in the year 2,213. Um, I, I'd be 2,217. Um, does the work, math work out, Matthew? <laughs> Give you a few minutes, yeah. <laughs> I added it very quickly. Like, I, I'd be 200, I'd be, I'd be 217. Uh, at which point, if global warming continues as is, the island would be swallowed by the ocean. <laughs> I'd just be a wrinkled, sort of reality TV and sex crazed man. Just <laughs> swimming around next to the corpse of Caroline Flack. Just, <laughs> like, that brings a whole new meaning to the phrase, plenty more fish in the sea. That's, uh, uh, that's, uh, no, that's, yeah, no, I, I couldn't be on Love Island. Um, the last time I, um, was, was with a lady, uh, was, um, we, we, we were still lying there. Um, I, I, what, um, what, 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 what she called, uh, post-anticlimax, and what most people would call after she just faked an orgasm. Um, um, and, uh, and she was like, oh, f- I completely forgot. Uh, and um, I haven't asked you what star sign you are. I was like, okay, okay well, I can, I can deal with this. Uh, and she got out, I, I, I fudge you not. Uh, she, she, she got out an app on her phone. And I asked me, hey, what star sign is? Well, I was like, well, it's a Libra. Uh, and she yeah. said, hey. <laughs> it, it, it was a deal. I say, lady. Um, uh, what, 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 what day of Libra you're born in? What, whether you're born in the morning or afternoon? What specific year? And I put this all into the phone and, uh, and it calculated and the app was supposed to show you how compatible you were. Uh, and, and she, so she put all that into the app and she sort of went, oh, um, I don't know if we're, I don't think we're that compatible. I said, I could have told you that. That's, uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I, I joke, of course, I was out the window. Uh, that was, no, but, um, it's, I, none of that's true. Some people have called me a heartbreaker, but, um, most judges prefer murderer. Um, um, yeah, no, I, but I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll bring your next act on. Uh, this is far too much from me. But um, it, y- your next act is absolutely lovely. You're going to love it. Uh, Dan, I brought you in just to clap. <laughs> Do you want to start clapping? Go around and go, whoa, go crazy for Sarah Alley! Hi. Hi. Uh... Hi, I'm Sarah. Sorry. Um, I don't know all of you that well, so I thought I'd uh, share something, sort of get to know you a little bit, or let you get to know me a little bit more. Um, I kind of went through something recently, um, and it made me realise that I'd actually make a surprisingly good mother. Uh, Yeah, despite what I've said in the past, you know, about a lack of sort of responsibility, 
lack of financial stability, lack of emotional stability, <laughs> lack of a longing for children. I think I'd make <laughs> just a really great mother. Because um, I'll, I'll tell you why. Uh, everyone knows that the hardest part of sort of having a child is the, the having of the child. Uh, after that, it's a piece of piss. Um, it's basically just the Sims, you know? You just sort of tell them what to do, tell them when to eat, where to go to the toilet. You know, before you know it, it's been a day and they've got like a family of their own. They've retired from a successful career and, and they've died because you didn't put a fire alarm into the house. Ah, oh, burnt down. Your child is dead. <laughs> uh... But no, I realized um, I'd make a great mother because recently um, I was heavily, uh, heavily constipated. Um, now, before before you like, oh, childbirth is really difficult, painful. Uh, no, I'm not saying it was a- equivalent pain. I know it definitely wasn't, you know, anywhere near that. It was just there are a lot of emotional aspects that I think uh, are a lot more challenging than than childbirth. I've got three. Uh, first of all, um, during, during when you're having a kid, you get nine months to prepare for that. Nine months of going to classes, learning about what's going on. Uh, I showed up on the day and I performed. I, uh, I didn't know what was going on, but I did it. Imagine going to the doctor and, and for like a regular checkup and, and they're like, uh, yeah, your heart sounds great. Your, your breathing's good. Um, now could you just deliver a child? Thank you. Ah, there's one in the womb. Yeah. Um, point number two, um, I had to power through that. I couldn't, I couldn't tap out. Uh, I couldn't get an epidural. Couldn't, couldn't get a C-sec. Well, I, I could get an epidural, but that's, it's a bit weird going to the doctor for that. Uh, no, I, I would, yeah. Third point, uh, this is, this is my, it's the main one. Uh, it was my fault. <laughs> it was a hundred percent my fault, you know? Uh, there wasn't anyone else to hold accountable. It was, it was just me. I didn't eat right. I didn't exercise. I didn't, you know, drink enough water. I don't know. Um, you know, it was all me. Okay. Unless it wasn't all me. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> <laughs> Unless I was, like, poisoned. (laughs) I did have a really weird trip to Paris recently. (laughs) No, you see, I I received a phone call from the government at 0600 hours on the 5th of June saying that they needed me to take a package across the border. Um, In that moment, I booked a ticket on the Eurostar and then uh, uh, made my way over. Um, I started saying cool things like 0600 hours. (laughs) when I got there, I uh, wandered the streets of Paris, never letting the package leave my side for fear of, of what might happen, you know, if I let the secrets fall into em- enemy hands. I, uh, that evening, I went to a, to a cafe, which happened to be the drop-off point. I ordered a coffee and, and three croissants. Uh, <laughs> just as I was about to tuck in, a man approached me, and he, uh, he spoke a code, secret code. Uh, I replied and he took the bag and then faded away into the, the moist Paris streets. It was raining. It was. <laughs> you know, I, I scoffed down the, uh, last of those, those sweet, sweet treats and paid the bill and made my way. The last, the last treat did taste a little bit weird. I knew I'd have to make sacrifices, but these weren't the kind of sacrifices I thought I'd have to make. <laughs> Ha, 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 ha.
was I talking about? Oh, yeah, my baby shit. Yeah. Um, yeah, my, it was not a baby. It was Largent in charge. <laughs> uh, one thing I am grateful for. Sorry, that was a weird tangent. Uh, one thing I am grateful for uh, in my constipation, yeah, uh, was that um, I've heard, uh, a while ago I heard that sometimes when women are giving birth, they lose control of their bowels. They poo themselves. It's not pretty, but you know, it's life. Um, I was just really grateful that when I was pooing myself, I didn't like lose control of my womb. Uh, <laughs> accidentally. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, I... <laughs> Maybe on that. Uh, you know, I was proud of myself. Um, it's a small achievement, but it's very important. Uh, I, I did well. Proud of myself. Proud of the poo. <laughs> proud of the, what the poo might grow up to become. <laughs> I, uh, I named her Geraldine after her grandmother. <laughs> Sarah Ali! Let's keep that going. Go wild, go crazy for Sally Ann Fellow! Hello. Yeah, you all right? Yeah? Don't know what I'd do if you weren't. Not a counsellor. I've got some basic first aid skills, but, you know, see me afterwards. Um, loving the sun. Who's loving the sun in here? Yeah, loving the sun. Loving the sun. Hate barbecues. Yeah, who likes barbecues in here? Oh, come on, guys. Uh, have you taken some cat? All it is, right, a barbecue is just a garden boast, isn't it? It's like I've got a, I've got a garden. Come and stand in it and inhale some burnt meat smoke. <laughs> And I'll introduce you to my really twattish friends. <laughs> yeah. They're desperate to tell you, aren't they, about their new furnishings or what they've painted their kitchen like. <laughs> Let me show you its elephant's breath. No. It's grey. <laughs> You're a twat. <laughs> Stop it. But yeah, why is it right? I always see somebody I haven't seen for years in Tesco when I've just bought a massive multi-pack of toilet paper. <laughs> Why is that? Hi, yeah. Living the dream. <laughs> Probably won't see you again till I've gone through this lot. <laughs> yeah. Who, who gets the train here on a regular basis? Anybody? Yeah, a few people do. Train people. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, it's just people, isn't it? Just, just people. People who wear their lanyards on the way home from work. <laughs> and if you're not laughing, it's you. <laughs> Bright orange lanyard, shiny picture of myself. Level two IT support. <laughs> what does that say about me? You're a massive dickhead, mate. You've probably got a folding bike, so not only are you taking up too much room, but you're taking up too much oxygen. <laughs> but yeah, I, I only really read the, uh, the free paper. Do you get the free paper on the train, anybody? The metro, do you get that? Free paper, yeah. And at the back, the paper I get, because I, I come from Egham, there's, there's all these adverts with people with really rotten teeth. 
No, we don't need that. We don't need it. And it says something like, Kevin was unhappy with his dental appearance. <laughs> no shit, you don't wake up like that. <laughs> it looks like someone's got a jelly and stuck a load of fag butts in it. And then, yeah, and then gone, no, this picture needs something else. Bell, open it in the sweet corn, love. Stick some in between each fag butt. There you go. Kevin's teeth. I bet you're right. His friends just go, don't tell him a joke. Don't make him laugh. <laughs> in fact, don't talk to him at all. Just just tape his mouth up. Just be, be fine. But if, if I can't open my arms wide enough to read the paper because it's so packed, I just look at the feet. And I can see these massive feet in London, like... What is going on with these guys' long shoes? And they're not... Yes, they're not clowns. <laughs> they just look like... You know those chilies you get in a kebab shop about three in the morning when you're shit-faced or you caned? Get the munches. Really long shoes. But I reckon that when they take those shoes off, they've just got one really long toe. <laughs> guys, it's wrong to laugh at deformed people. Yeah. Have a word with yourselves. Um, but yeah, you'd, you'd think these guys would take a big step off the escalator, wouldn't you, with those big old shoes? No. Tiny little step. And I'm like this behind him. Take a step. You're not shackled. <laughs> Honestly. And I don't like rules either. There's all these rules, isn't there? Don't do this. Don't do that. Don't bury people <laughs> alive. <laughs> um, that's wrong, isn't it? Um, but you get all this stuff, mind the gap, hold the handrail while traveling. Not funny, just a way to get a sick day, isn't it? With all the diseases. And there's another sign that says, um, dogs must be carried on the escalator. There's never enough of them to go round. <laughs> oh. I looked everywhere for a dog. I had to nick one off a tramp. <laughs> he wasn't happy. And then there's another sign and it says, children must be gripped firmly on the escalator. <laughs> I've already got a dog under one arm and a bag and a coffee under this one. Where am I supposed to grip a child? <laughs> Apparently this is wrong. <laughs> According to the British Transport Police. Yeah. But yeah, guys, um, you're probably wondering if I'm first aid trained. I can see you're thinking that. Um, and I can reassure you that I am. So, anybody else first aid trained in here? Christ, I've got a lot of people to deal with if they all have a heart attack. But, um, yeah, it's a big responsibility being first aid trained because you can bring somebody back from the brink of death to life, can't you? If you like them enough. <laughs> or if you can be asked in my... Yeah. But what you get in the exam is just this weird plastic head and torso just a weird who's seen that it's a weird thing it's called a resus annie yeah you're nodding it's weird isn't it i said to the woman in the exam bit of an elephant in the room situation where's the arms and the legs she said just treat it so it's normal I went, <laughs> quite a broad-minded person but what sort of really specific industrial accident would cause that <laughs> carelessness <laughs> Alzheimer's, being marooned on a desert island when there's not enough food. How would you get the last limb off, though? That's something that keeps me awake at night, guys. 
Yeah. That and how to rid the world of garden gnomes, because I hate those bastards as well. <laughs> so now, right, if somebody collapses outside Debenhams and they go, anyone first aid trained? I go, That's... How many limbs have they got? <laughs> what? Four. Get me an axe. But yeah, um, I'm a smoker. Who smokes here? Yeah, you, you can't shout loud, can you? Because your lungs are fucked. Yeah, we're all fucked, aren't we? Um, but I'm very good at smoking. I'm having a sponsored smoke if anyone wants to sign up um, later. See me after. Um, but when I first started seeing my other half, he doesn't smoke. So I thought, oh, I don't want to smell a ciggies like an ashtray. What am I going to do? So I sort of did the obvious thing, tried to get him to start smoking. Um, he didn't like it. He didn't like it. Um, disappointing, really. But I, I do miss seeing the cigarettes on display in the newsagent. Just a little bit reassuring to me, because I'm quite sad. And um, bless you. But we're not allowed to see the cigarettes now. We're not allowed to see them. And that doesn't give you cancer. I used to be a nurse. I promise you it doesn't. So now, when I buy some, I'm just looking at that shutter, thinking, maybe they've gone back to how they used to be. And I'm like this. Oh, pictures of dead people again. <laughs> how depressing. I feel like leaving some flowers on the cash till for the dead people. But um, I don't like all the pictures um, on the ciggies. I've got a blown-up um, picture here from one of my cigarette packets I'm going to share with you. It's quite quite disturbing, guys. This is a baby having a massive bang on a huge bong. Yeah? Yeah, that's not right, is it? He, guys, he's not even old enough to hold it. Not only are they taking the piss out of his massive comedy hands, they're forcing him to take drugs. Yeah. That's not caused by smoking, guys. It's tragic. It's a birth defect. <laughs> but yeah, guys, oh, you've been great. I've been Sally Ann. Thank you. <laughs> Sally Ann! Oh, dear. <laughs> I thought that was great. I thought one of my favourites was when I realised that Arsha definitely wears a lanyard. That was... Uh, <laughs> Um, also, is nobody first aid trained? Because I think that might be illegal. Uh, oh, someone should tell the organiser. Um, but, uh, right, guys, we've got one more act in this section, and then uh, we've got another break, and then we've got two, uh, absolutely, some of my favourite acts in the uh, last third. So, you, you ready for the last act of this section? You ready? Yeah. Alrighty. Dad, let's go, let's go, let's go. Come on, come on, quickly, yeah. Get wild and crazy, crazy for Sean Bolden! Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, witty, hilarious, edgy. These are just words, and I'm Sean Paulden. Uh, it's great. <laughs> it's great to be here at the Valindra, uh, lovely place here. Uh, you know, I hear they really like playing Fleetwood Mac here. Then again, it could just be rumours. <laughs> you know, I could uh, I could link together Fleetwood Mac puns all night, uh, but once I get started, it's very difficult to break the habit of a lifetime. <laughs> So uh, I guess I uh, better tell you a bit about myself. Uh, my name's Sean, I'm 23. I was born in Bath, uh, grew up there, went to school there, um, and then I came to Bristol. I, I moved to Bristol because I fell in love 
with Bristol. Uh, it's a really great city. Uh, I actually came here for uni. I know what you're thinking. Born in Bristol, uni in Bath. This guy is well-traveled. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, I went to uni here, and uh, that was the last time I actually did stand-up. So I'm a little bit nervous. Uh, that was about nine months ago, and I'm very acutely aware that in that time, a human lady could have produced a human baby and a really good stand-up set as well. Uh, <laughs> Um, so I'm just ooh, a little bit nervous. Uh, and also, a lot of people compare stand-up to sex. Uh, so given that it is nine months since my last stand-up, I'm slightly worried uh, that there might be some women in the outskirts of Bristol uh, giving birth to some shitty jokes. Um, <laughs> so hopefully not. I mean, or worse, actual children, but uh, hopefully not mine. Uh, we'll see. I'm, I'm, I'm not in the market for kids at the moment. Uh, I'm not in the market for kids. I'm 23. Um, I, uh, I'm not a smoker. Um, I was tempted recently, though. Like a while back, I went into Tesco and I saw one of those uh, cigarette packet um, warnings and it said, smoking could harm your unborn child. And I was thinking, oh. <laughs> every little helps, doesn't it, really? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I'm 40 a day. Uh, no, um uh, but, uh, yeah, I got into stand-up because uh, somebody told me you have to be quite big-headed to be a stand-up comedian. And uh, I actually have a massive head, so I thought, well, that's a tick in the box, uh, so I thought I'd get going. Um, I genuinely have a huge head. Um, it's, a, it's a bit of a difficulty for me. Uh, I mean, we're going on to this. Uh, basically, if you look at it from the front, you think, oh, it's not that big. It's not that big. We're, we're better than that. Um, uh, but we've got a huge head. Uh, you look from the side, you think, oh, crikey. There's a lot... A lot going on behind the ears. Um, I'll just give you, give you a quick flash. Ooh, oh, 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 oh. Careful. Uh, you're right. Um, it's like imagine if you were at sea and you saw a container ship approaching. You'd be like, oh, that's, that's a fairly big boat. And you see it go past. And you're like, fucking hell. It's, this goes on forever. Um, so, uh, yeah. I did get uh, a little bit of grief at school from it. Um, uh, people used to call me Dr. Moonhead, uh, which is a bit funny. Um, it was funny because uh, I was strangely proud of it, you know. Um, people would say, I'd like answer a question in class, and people would say, oh, shut up, Dr. Moonhead. And I'd say, uh-uh, it's uh, Professor Moonhead, actually. <laughs> uh, I mean, who knew or cared at the age of 13 that Professor was technically higher than Doctor? Bloody Moonhead over here, that's who, yeah, that's right. Um, if you don't believe me by now, I also brought uh, something that came up recently. I, it turns out I have had my MRI. MRI? M. Um, one of those jabs that you're supposed to have as a, as a kid. Um, and so my mum dug out my baby book just to check, and we found... Um, I shake a lot when I'm on stage. Oh, it's not, not great to have a uh, piece of paper. I found my, um, my baby book, and there's a, this chart of head circumference versus age. Okay? <laughs> I'm just going to give you a little preview. This is the, the, the guidelines, basically. The guidelines, and this is the 95th percentile. And this dot here... Above all those is me. Uh, that is me. Um, I know what you're thinking. Does my mother still love me? <laughs> yes, and she can walk now as well. Um, so, um, yeah. Uh, for a, um, luckily, I'm quite tall, uh, so the large head sort of fits in slightly, you know. Um, but uh, I've kind of got, for a tall guy, I've kind of got like, pretty average-sized hands. Like, you know what they say? Medium-sized hands, medium-sized gloves. No, sorry, I meant penis. <laughs> Penis-sized gloves. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, speaking of penis-sized gloves, I went to the doctor recently, and it was really strange, because he... Because... 
Because he actually asked me to give him a scan. Really strange behaviour, but at least his heart was in the right place. I do write a lot of puns. I'm trying to stop. I'm trying to write fewer puns. Uh, the other day I tried to write a really serious theatre piece. Um, I tried to write a, uh, an adaptation of my favourite book, uh, The English Dictionary. Um, but even that ended up being a play on words. There we go. A, la- a groan is better than a laugh. That's what I always say. And I'll leave you with that. <laughs> Thank you very much. I'm Sean Porden. Very good night. Sean Porden! Right, so that's the end of this third. Uh, guess what we got coming up? It's another bloody third. So <laughs> go to uh, Go to the bar. You know the routine by now. We'll be back here in sort of 15 minutes for you, um, for you guys if we're going to finish. Alrighty. See you in a bit. We're back, gang. We're back for the final third. Uh, do, do you like us doing it in thirds? Is that good? Yeah. 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 I, uh, <laughs> dissenters, uh, make yourselves known afterwards, because uh, I, 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 um, I feel like now would be a brave time to be like, uh, I actually hate this system. I, uh, but no, I'll, I'll, I'll keep things moving, just because um, we've we, we all got things to do, and the, and the next two acts are, are far funnier than I'll ever be. So... Uh, <laughs> I mean, of, re- of reactions I was expecting, a big yeah from uh, from my future flatmate um, <laughs> is not what I wanted. But uh, okay, so for the for the penultimate time tonight, uh, we're going to and welcome. We've got very spe- lucky to have him. We've got Rodney Pump here, guys. Rodney Pump. Ooh, I know. So so for the penultimate time tonight, Dan, clapping. Bring that round. Uh, please welcome to the stage, Rodney Pump. My name is Rodney Pump, and I'm here to save the pictures. Now, you might be asking yourselves, what's wrong with the pictures these days? Well, I'll tell you what's wrong with the pictures. I stopped making them. But now, ladies and gentlemen, I'm back. I ain't slack. I'm Moses. I'm on crack. You know the last project I worked on? I'll tell you the last project I worked on. Why you? Because you're my wife. That's why we never talk anymore, Miriam. I worked on a series of remakes of harrowing films, but for children. Because why should they miss out? I started off light. I did. I tried. I started off light with Tim Burton's Art Attacks. It teaches kids to be creative. It's fun. (laughs) Then I made Norse Mouse. He's a mouse. He's a vampire. It's spooky. It's cute. It's fun. Things got out of hand when I made J.G. Ballard's Crash Bandicoot. About a bandicoot that can only fuck when he's crashed into a box of apples. It was disgusting. It was depraved. It was fun. I made Kurt Vonnegut Slaughterhouse Famous Five. I made David Lynch's Potato Head. I made the Shrexicist. 
I made the Shrexuses too. I made the Shrexuses three. I made the Shrexicism of Emily Rose. And of course, Shrequiem for a dream. But that was all in the past, ladies and gentlemen. I'll tell you what, I tell you, back then, I was a great friend to the stars. I knew all the greats, ladies and gentlemen. You know, I, uh, I knew Christopher Walken before he was an actor. You know, back in the day, he was a Nancy Sinatra-obsessed gobbler. I came up to him once. He was wearing a new pair of shoes. They were immaculate. They were wonderful. I said, Chrissy, why don't you give them to me? You can make yourself a new pair. You're a gobbler, for God's sake. That's the premise of the joke. <laughs> and he looked at me, and he said, Rodney, no, I can't give you my shoes <laughs> for you see they were not made by my fair hand <laughs> I said Chrissy what do you mean he said Rodney <laughs> you know what I mean these boots <laughs> I will stop that story there all oh, the greats ladies and gentlemen I I knew Gilbert Gottfried when he was still half of Gilbert and Sullivan. You've never lived until you've heard that man sing a light operetta. He would come on stage in blackout, spotlight on Gilbert. He would stand composed, firm yet friendly. And he would sing, I am the very mortal of a modern major general. He had the voice of an angel and the hands of a devil. Oh, the great. I actually, I, I mentioned David Lynch earlier. I knew David Lynch uh, when he was emceeing a, a comedy night, and it was a raucous night, and you've all been very marvelously behaved. I just want to commend you on that. But if anyone wants to heckle, I'm going to, if anyone wants to heckle, I'm going to give you words that David Lynch used to use in his night. Ah. Uh, if anyone would like to heckle, I want them to heckle me. So, ladies and gentlemen, if anyone wants to heckle, <laughs> heckle David Lynch. <laughs> what the fuck would you heckle David Lynch with? If you, what, you personally. David Lynch, I don't know, like... Uh... He just said Trump was going to go down in history as possibly the greatest president of the United States. That's not really us heckling him, though. That's him heckling humanity. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I haven't made a film for fucking years, but I'm back. I got the bug. I want to make films again. You want to know how I got the bug? Ask me. Ask me how I got the bug. How did you get the bug? That's a very personal fucking question. I'm not going to tell you that. <laughs> I will tell you why I want to make films again. <laughs> it was what I like to call a message from God. Zilla. <laughs> because did anyone here see that latest Godzilla film? Anyone here see it? Yeah, you? Okay. Uh, did you see it, sir? 
I guarantee you, you did. It's just that fucking forgettable. <laughs> Godzilla's barely in it. It's two hours of Aaron Taylor Johnson with a neck the size of Chattanooga, Tennessee. You like that? You like Chattanooga, Tennessee? Well, you can have it. It's yours. I'm that kind of a guy. I'm the best kind of a guy. I'm fictional. Well, ladies and gentlemen, they should have given that film to me. I got, I got clout with Godzilla. I knew the guy from the first Godzilla. The lead actor. He played the part of Seamus. What a guy. What a part. I was with him before the audition. What an audition. He was nervous, of course, so I came up to him. I said, listen, this part is made for you. It's wonderful. You're going to walk in it. It's yours already. He was unsure, so I said, you want to be famous? You want to be a star? Well, if you want to be famous, then you've got to be famous. (laughs) And he looked at me dead in the eyes And he said something incredible. He said something wonderful. He said something I never told anyone before in my life. And I'm going to tell you. Why you? Because you're my other wife. That's why. (laughs) Don't let him find out. (laughs) This guy, he looked at me, ready to go in there and win the pot of Seamus. And he said... The part was famous Godzilla. It only said his first name in the script anyway. I don't hear from that actor anymore. Not on film anyway. He's, uh, he's actually huge on stage right now. Has, has anyone here seen his version of Richard III? It's, it's spellbounding. He comes on stage in blackout. Spotlight on him. He is firm yet commendable. And he says... is the winter of our discontent made glorious. What a guy! But, ladies and gentlemen, am I, how am I doing on time? Uh, Fuck yeah! We're on a road trip with Rodney! Where's he gonna drive? Off the fucking bridge! Ladies and gentlemen, Godzilla, I want to make a Godzilla film. I do. I'm going to fucking make a Godzilla film. And our Godzilla, he's not going to be CGI. He's not going to be motion capture. He's not even going to be Andy Serkis. We're going to give him a break. Well, we're going to give Andy Serkis a break. He's washed up. He's exhausted. He's a hack. He's a communist. You know the last project he worked on? It was a rom-com. You know what rom-com stands for? Romanian communism. Oh, Godzilla! If you're listening to the podcast, I'm going to just catch you up here. I'm going to have to fucking go. (laughs) I hope you enjoyed the dead air. Um, I'm going to cut that shorty short. Short. But before I go, I want to tell you, it's a scary time in Hollywood right now. And you're probably looking at me saying, Rodney, you're a big Hollywood hotshot something. This character is vague. (laughs) Maybe you can talk about what's happening in Hollywood right now. What's happening with the Weinstein case and the abuse and everything? No. 
No, I ain't touching that shit with a ten-foot fucking barge pole. Rodney's not clever enough for that. I will tell you this. When I first moved to Hollywood, it was young, it was exciting, it was sexy, and it smelled great. It was like Johnny Depp 20 years ago. Now, it's old, it's decrepit, it smells weird, and there are too many scarves. It's like Johnny Depp now. You've been fucking fantastic. Thank you very much. Yeah, that's right. That's fine, it. Rodney Pump, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> All right, sort the mics down out. Is it sound okay? Well, in that case, let's keep it going. Let's keep, keep it going for Mr. Dorian Wainwright. Right. So here's the thing, guys. That's the bit. It's not funny. Um, here's the thing, guys. I, I've noticed something recently. I wanted to share it with you, right? Everyone seems to know the score. They've seen it all before. They know. They are so sure that England's going to throw it away. Going to blow it away. But I know that they can play. Cause I remember three lives on a shirt. Half of you are not old enough to know the lyrics of that fucking song. You were right, Jordan. They're fucking children. Oh, you've got to understand, guys. There's two months out of every two years where it's acceptable to sing that song. And I'm going to take that opportunity when it comes up. Because I fucking love three lions. Hello, latecomers. This bit's going to get weird. Um... <laughs> So my name's Dorian Wainwright. The main thing you need to know about me is that about six months ago, I was really, really miserable. Really, really miserable. Not depressed. I was not medically depressed. Given the state of my life at the time, I think I was exactly as miserable as I ought to have been. Uh, but I've done a few things to try and cheer myself up. The World Cup has helped. Um, but the main one is that I have joined a new social media uh, most of you probably have Facebook and Instagram and Twitter and things. I recently set myself up with a profile on Fet Life. Thank you very much. You, um, nope. Uh, <laughs> uh, Fet Life, if you haven't worked it out, is Fetish Life. It's basically Facebook for people who are into kinky sex. Um, and it's fantastic. It's very similar to Facebook. It's very, very similar. You can update your status. You can post on each other's walls. Remember that? Um, <laughs> You can upload photos. Fuck yeah, you can upload photos. Um, the only major differences are that uh, when you're setting up your profile, uh, you are encouraged to choose a role for yourself. You are, you are encouraged to pick what... It's basically your way of telling people what kind of kinky sex you are into. Are you a dominant? Are you a submissive? Are you into something niche? I was prepared for this, and I thought there might be like eight different roles to choose from. She's laughing already. You definitely have a profile. There are 75 different roles that you have to choose from. And at this point, you're new to all of this. And you're going, what the fuck? Most of them are fairly predictable, right? Dominant, submissive, master, slave, top, bottom. Like, those were the ones I was expecting. My alarm bells started going off when we got to Kajira and Kajiras. Right? It's Japanese. Don't Google it. Um, spanker, spanky, and spanko. No one has explained what that third one is yet. 
Um, the leather family, they're odd. Leather top, leather bottom, leather daddy, leather mummy, leather boy, leather girl, and leather boy with an I. So it's, it's presumably pronounced leather. Boy! I don't know who that's for. I don't know who that's for. Um, vanilla, that's just what we call the rest of you. Isn't that right? Uh, it's basically fetish for muggle. Um, uh, and yeah. It's a long old list, right? Sensualist, hedonist, sadist, masochist, all these different things. Um, and then you get to the end, 75 different entries, you get to the end, uh, and the most popular choice is right at the bottom down there, because after 75 options, it is entirely reasonable to just go with undecided. <laughs> I didn't know how much reading I was going to have to do when I joined this website. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it's a lot of fun. The other thing, uh, almost nobody has their face in their profile picture. That's fairly predictable. Um, and nobody goes by their actual name uh, on, on FetLife. You're encouraged to choose a uh, nickname. Uh, mine is indeed Cookie Monster. Because um, I'm a monster for that cookie, ladies and gentlemen. Um, <laughs> that was for me. Um, <laughs> this is going to get weird, guys. You've walked in at a strange bit. Um, <laughs> Hi. Um, sorry, we're just talking about my kinky sex life. It's, please come in, have a seat. This isn't going to get personal. Yeah, great, perfect. Actually, do you? No, never mind. Um, so, so yeah, I'm Cookie Monster, mostly because Cookie Monster, as well as being just a great character who I'm a big fan of, um, he is a classic hedonist. Like, that is a guy. Cookie Monster once said, uh, and it is quoted on my profile, um, Today, me will live in the moment, unless the moment is unpleasant, in which case, me will eat cookie. Um, and that is very much a fetish outlook, right? Like, I'm having fun, but I could be having more fun right now. Um, and the biggest upside to this was I liked a picture that a friend of mine uploaded. Oh, sorry, sorry. It was a picture of a friend of mine that someone else had uploaded. And they sent me a message saying, hey, uh, thank you for liking my picture. I see that your name's Cookie Monster. Here's a link you might like. And it was a link to a YouTube video of Cookie Monster and Kermit arguing over a mystery box. And it was fucking hilarious. And I was like, I know I'm on basically a porn website right now, but this is the shit that I signed up for. This is fantastic. Um, there's also a, a, an extra thing that Facebook should totally adapt, by the way. Uh, it has an explore tab uh, where you can click on it. It'll show you all of the best things that people are uploading from all over the world. It's called Kinky and Popular. All the best things from all over the world. And it's been a bit controversial recently because people have started pointing out how lacking it is in diversity. All right? It's a lot of skinny white women. That's basically their complaint. And there's like, it should be a bit better. Basically, if the women of K&P were an ice cream flavor, they'd be cookie dough. Because it's just a sea of white with the occasional speck of black and brown that makes the whole thing worth going through. Good. I wasn't sure how that bit was going to go. But I got enough laughs that I'm going to carry on anyway. Um, it's been, I, I've been having a fucking fantastic time. I'm not going to lie to you. But it has been getting me into some trouble. Um, I went up to London recently. I went to Wembley to go and watch England play Italy in a football match. Um, and I got all the way there into the queue to go in before I remembered that they were going to search my bag on the way into the stadium. Um, and that's normally fine because I'm definitely not a terrorist. However, on this occasion, in my bag was a very thick black roll of bondage tape. 
And if you've never seen bondage tape, you don't know what it is, imagine gaffer tape, but sexy. <laughs> so I had this in my bag, and I was like, this is going to cause this guy to ask me some difficult questions. What is going to be the quickest way I can get him to leave me alone? And I realized that the quickest way to do that was just to tell him the truth. So I got up to the front of the queue. Here's my bag. He opens it up, starts searching, immediately finds my tape, and just goes, excuse me, sir, what's this? And I looked this man dead in the eye, and I said to him, a woman I met on the internet wants me to tie her up and have sex with her. (laughs) And he said, right this way, sir, enjoy the match, have a really good evening. (laughs) I tell a lie, that's not quite how it went down. What actually happened was he said, oh, okay, cool, 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 cool. Keep searching my bag, finds a tiny little tin of Vaseline that I carry around because I get very chapped lips. And then he said, do you know what? I don't want to fucking know. Just go. Just go. Um, I recently had my first threesome. Uh, thank you. I had my first threesome with two ladies uh, at midnight on top of Brandon Hill um, a few days ago. Uh, and I would love to be able to stand here and tell you that it was one of the greatest experiences of my life. However, it went wrong in possibly the most Bristolian way I can possibly imagine. I was mid-threesome with these two women, and we were interrupted by a homeless guy asking if he could borrow a cigarette. (laughs) And here's the thing. I try to be a very compassionate person. I try to be a very caring, loving person, in particular to homeless people. I think the way that our society treats homeless people is awful. To anyone of you here, there was a guy um, in, sleeping in a sleeping bag near Bristol Cathedral, and someone set his sleeping bag on fire while he was sleeping in it, right? And he, he just got away with his life, basically. He ripped it off, and it was, he survived, okay? And that's awful. That's the worst thing I've ever heard. But in that moment, when a homeless guy... Walked up, interrupted my threesome, and I lost an erection faster than I knew it was possible to lose an erection. I was genuinely like, just burn them. Just burn them all. Seems worth it. If if it'll stop that from happening to me or anyone else ever again, burn the fucking lot of them. I don't care anymore. The worst part of it, for me at least, was that as soon as it happened, as soon as this guy came up, asked if he could borrow a cigarette, and I lost my erection, I immediately knew that this story that should have been a dirty little secret that I share only with my friends was going to have to become (laughs) stand-up. It's that moment when you realize, like, fuck, I really am embarrassed to go and tell people about this in public because it could get me in trouble. And this is being fucking podcasted. Like, who? (laughs) anyone could fucking be listening to this right now. Hi, mum. <laughs> In that moment, I knew if I don't tell this story on stage, I'm depriving the good people of the Valinja of a fucking good story. <laughs> and, uh, and that was rather hard to take. All right, I've done my 10. Thank you so much. That was so much fun. Cheers. <laughs> the end of the night gang uh so so sorry to you two came uh i mean bit late uh (laughs) but um we're we're back here every two weeks on wednesday um if you want to keep up with us you can like us on facebook and uh 
and that and we're also a podcast now first episode is released today which is basically lee's nights but uh, but please still come um <laughs> i've just noticed a flaw in our business plan i <laughs> um but yeah so uh, subscribe to us on that give us a rating because that um that helps um, come back here in two weeks time i've also um uh, i'm plugging something called the uh, the comedy kettle which is uh yeah, yes correct uh and that is bristol's comedy calendar that's a facebook and website and twitter and that's got everything that's happening in bristol comedy has got brilliant comedy scene you should all get involved with it i've got cards that i'll be doling out if anybody wants any uh and also holding a pint glass uh so we can uh keep a deal in um headphones um <laughs> alrighty guys i'll be Lance kissing cheers guys thank you very much good night www.outoflives.net